This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thank you for joining us for another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. We are so excited to have you joining us because today... Not only do I have Joshua, not only do I have Merrick, but I gave the guys some homework. Today, we're going to go into some of the things we have learned about the 2022 Miami Dolphins and how that can maybe help us prepare for 2023. But before I get into all that, just a couple quick notes for you guys. If you haven't noticed already, we have adjusted how we produce episodes here on Another Dolphins Podcast. So each time an episode comes out, at the top of your feed each morning will be the full episode. That includes two different topics, but right underneath that episode, you will find a bonus clip with entirely unique information. And for the people who maybe only have a 10 minute commute, 11 minute commute, somewhere in that range, we have cut up all our segments into clips. You will find those at the bottom of the feed each time we produce an episode. Now to wrap this up, I'm going to say, Josh, just to jinx us that we, I think for the rest of the off season are looking at a Monday, Thursday, publishing schedule now that i say that i just screwed us but that is enough for me it's hot my face is already red gentlemen how are we doing today oh you know internet issues always rearing their ugly heads uh at least on my end over here so trying our best to get this one started get through a, a an awesome uh, episode for all the listeners out there and and hopefully have minimal issues and now that i've said that i'm sure i've jinxed the rest of this recording so dude this entire podcast is jigs but yeah jake thanks for rattling off all that new information about the podcast i've been pretty good at like you said it's hot as hell i'm watching after the three little kids and um i even got a chance to write an article up because there was a little bit of dolphins news today with them signing uh cam smith the final rookies heading into what rookie mini camp in 13 days i think it is crazy Crazy. We're already there. We're, we're down to the tracker of we're at the offensive lineman amount in the days till that uh, NFL season. I think we're at 70. I think we got the famous 69 coming up. And then, uh, you know, I think uh, Richie Incognito, he'd be 68 days left. So we have that to look forward to. So guys, very exciting topic I have for you today. We only have 17 games to choose from. So please bear with us. But we thought we'd go back and look at some of the pivotal games, pivotal moments of the Miami Dolphins 2022 season and kind of see what we can learn, the habits of this team, maybe the habits that they're going to change uh, from last year. So Merrick, what do you got for the apple of your eye? What, what was your play that really stood out or you wanted to hit on? Well, I also picked a game against the Buffalo Bills, but, you know, not, not, trying to, 
not trying to be a downer like y'all, but I picked uh, a play from the week three victory at home against the Buffalo Bills. Bills fans might remember that as the game um, where the son tried to murder your entire uh, franchise over there and, and you had to send reports into OSHA trying to uh, trying to get Hard Rock Stadium canceled, I guess. Uh, spoiler alert didn't work. You're going to have to, you're going to have to go down to Miami and, and play again in the sun this upcoming season, a little bit later in the year though. So maybe it worked a little bit, but either way I picked uh, 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 the third and 22 deep ball completion from Tua to Jalen Waddle, just over 11 and a half minutes to go in the contest. Dolphins down 17, 14 Tua hits Waddle deep down the middle of the field for about 45, 46 yards. Again, this was on third and 22. Uh, Mike McDaniel, for as, as much as we kind of lambaste him for his short yardage play calling on third and one or fourth and one, when he needed to go deep on those third down plays, even some fourth down plays, he had the right calls dialed up, and, and he wasn't afraid to uh, to let Tua sling it. So Tua throws the ball deep down the field, 45, 46 yards to Waddle, sets up a first and goal, uh, actually led to a Chase Edmonds rushing touchdown, which allowed the Dolphins to take the lead in the fourth quarter in that one, and they na- they, they never gave it up. That, that was the play. You know, and this is week three, so you get the week two game against the Baltimore Ravens where they have that big comeback and two is throwing deep here, there, everywhere. But this was a close contest. This was a close contest against a divisional rival, and not just a divisional rival, but a team in your division that had been dominating the division for multiple years in a row, winning the division multiple years in a row. They were the juggernauts. They were the big dogs. And if the Dolphins wanted to prove that they belonged – in the top ranks of NFL teams, in the upper echelon of NFL teams, they needed to win a game against the Buffalo Bills, and they were able to do that. They were able to do that early in the 2022 season, and I felt like that just set the tone for the rest of the year. They played the Bills two more times. They lost both those games, but they were close games because they proved in week three that they can play with a team like that. They can play with the Bills like that, and if you can play with the Bills like that, then in my opinion, you can play with any team in the National Football League like that. Uh, and, you know, spoiler alert, again, once you get to the playoffs, everybody's pretty damn good. So if you can't play with teams like that, then why even get to the playoffs in the first place? So week three, 2022, third and 22, Tua to waddle deep. That's one of my highlight plays of the year. Um, and again, set the tone for the rest of the season in my eyes. So I think the Dolphins actually ranked first in the NFL in terms of playing uh, 21 personnel, a.k.a. two running backs, one tight end on the field. They did that 35% of their snaps. And that play, I love that play because if you fast forward to that other game against Buffalo, there's a similar play where Jalen Waddle he starts as a slot receiver, works his way up the field, and it's basically a long shot. That play, he split the two safeties deep further down the road in the next Buffalo game, and it's one safety deep. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think in both these plays, Alec Ingold is not getting the credit he deserves because what we're seeing happen against teams that, that play the Miami Dolphins, you see they have two running backs on the field. One's a fullback. So you want to load up, right? You're not really going to get into your nickel defense. You're not going to get into your dime defense. But Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill are two guys that can still dominate deep. 
These are two guys that both had over 20% usage rates in this offense. These guys averaged over 50% of the targets in this offense. So the fact we saw them not only do the party trick, the keg stand of a third and 22, but see it not be something that's lucky. See it be part of the evolution of the offense where you can go from Jalen Waddle making that catch down the middle of the field to having him break free for a touchdown later in Buffalo. I think that's super impressive. And that that's a great pick, Merrick. I completely agree with you that, you know, you see what they can do on offense and you see the situations where in the past third and 22 Tannehill is going to get sacked. It's just, he's going to get absolutely clobbered. There's going to be a bunch of issues, maybe a fumbled snap. We saw that this offense is not only comfortable, but confident in whatever situation they are in because they have a play caller who knows what to do. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that thing was uh, the, probably the most perfect deep ball we've seen in years, right? And it's just so funny how uh, the narrative has switched. You know, a couple of years ago, it was can Tua throw the deep ball? Tua can't do this. Tua can't do that. I mean, this season, he was one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL at completing those deep balls. So I want to see Mike McDaniel's offense kind of take things back a little bit, and more so Tua, you know, checking down a little bit more this year, finding those easier targets underneath. But this was a great play. This was, uh, again, picture perfect. I don't think you could have – you know, he could not have walked the ball down the field and handed it to Jalen Waddle any better than he did. So um, we were all hyped when we saw that go down because, as we'll talk about later, there were some big-time throws in that Baltimore game. But a lot of those deep balls, you know, Tyreek Hill was running wide open. You know, he had to stop a little bit. This was perfectly right on target, hit Jalen Waddle in stride. And I know we all remember just, you know, losing our minds when that play happened. So a uh, great pick, uh, Merrick. And, yeah, they proved they could beat Buffalo week three, and that has set the tone. And now, you know, they are a legit contender in the AFC East, and Buffalo is well aware of that. We're going to ride the lightning here and keep it the offense. And, it, guys, I love that we all pick Buffalo games. I think that it, when you're facing a divisional rival, like we saw the reaction of the Buffalo coaches up in the play booth after the game was over. When you're facing a divisional rival, it, it can be September, it can be November, and all of a sudden it's a playoff game, right? Because you have two chances against these divisional rivals, and these games mean a bunch. So that's why I picked the Buffalo Saturday showdown the snow game, the ice game, whatever you want to call it. This drive started with a solid Raheem Mostert kick return, followed by a lot of running plays to the right side of the line. A lot of Robert Hunt, a lot of Brandon Snell. Mostert had a very nice uh, – we, we complain that Tua doesn't dump the ball off enough now, weirdly, but he had a great dump off to Mostert who sidestepped uh, uh, Milano for a great first down. And what I started to realize is how important Mostert is and, and how strong he can be in this offense. There was a minute five left in the first quarter. The Dolphins were trailing seven to three. Mostert down that right side again, continuing that idea of pounding the rock to the right side after what seemed like an entire season where we were like, all right, it's all to Toronto Armstead side. You're doing that stretch run behind Armstead, but the Dolphins got away with that. We saw the growth in the offense. So I picked that 67 yard run down the right side uh, where it seemed like Raheem Mostert got about five, six yards before he was even touched on that play. Tyreek Hill started in motion coming across the line. I think this is so important because the Dolphins used motion more than any other team in the NFL last year. And it's kind of a hat in a hat because I want you to consider the fact that the Dolphins played less man defense. They faced less man defense than any other team in the league. So they know what they're going up against. You want to get those zones. You want to contain Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and what they can do. That's what makes this outside zone so powerful, especially late in the season, because the Dolphins have such a strong success rate you wonder, you know, if you're a defense, do you have your nickel and dime packages trying to contain Waddle or Tyreek? Or do you let the Dolphins just kind of pound the rock a little bit and let Raheem Mostert get into these types of situations? I just thought this was a great play because, again, I think it's 
shows the scenarios where Alec Ingold can be such a VIP to this offense because you can be a spread out offense. You can attack downfield, but then all of a sudden you can line up in the eye and just run behind. We saw it, Robert Hunt, four or five straight plays and get first down at the first down. So to me, I saw that. I was very impressed, not specifically just with that run, just the development of the offense. And looking ahead to 2023, I'm confident that uh, we've had, what, seven, eight months to recover from the season. Obviously, coaches are watching what the Dolphins are doing and trying to adjust. Seeing things like this makes me incredibly comfortable with what the Dolphins can do and how Mike Mc how Mike McDaniel continued to make adjustment on top of adjustment and top of adjustment. And then we got a whole Prince's Bride situation going on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For my offensive one, I'm going to, you know, do our new Arizona game, right? For so many years, we sat here and talked about what Tua did against the Arizona Cardinals. This is our new Arizona game, and it is against the Baltimore Ravens. 42-38 win. Tyree Kill had touchdowns of 48 and 60 yards, proving how difficult this offense was to defend. My favorite play maybe was that Kasicki touchdown in the back of the end zone where Tua put that thing up at the crossbar. He went up and grabbed that thing, plucked it out of thin air. But your homework assignment was what was the biggest play and the biggest offensive play for me this season had to be a, the touchdown pass to Jalen Waddle with 14 seconds left in regulation, capping off a 68-yard drive and putting the cherry on top of Miami's 24-point fourth-quarter comeback. Tua finished the game 36 of 50 for 469 yards, six nice. touchdowns, two interceptions. But most of all, and I hate saying this, but he showed the world that he is him, right? I mean, he showed the world that he is uh, you know, upper echelon quarterback and could compete with some of these guys. We saw him compete toe-to-toe with Lamar Jackson. You saw him the next week against Josh Allen. This He did things that we haven't seen or even dreamed of since Dan Marino hung up the cleat. So uh, for me, there may be more impressive plays throughout the game, but none meant more to the Dolphins and honestly this fan base because even the biggest Tua haters, you know, after that touchdown happened, were tweeting that the Dolphins found their quarterback. Tua is – him again, you know, Uno. Um, and to me, it was just a perfect play. I mean, to felt the pressure, rolled out a little bit, and then threw one to Jalen Waddle, who nearly ran into Sherfield at the start of that play, did a little whip route, got open in the end zone, and best of all, he went up there and plucked that thing out of the air with his hands like Randy Moss. So everything about that play um, to me was honestly what – instills faith into us right heading into this year there are other moments throughout the season where Tua look great but just having a 469 yard game six touchdowns doing what he did in the fourth quarter with his back against the wall and then finding Jalen Waddle with 14 seconds left in the game um, it was probably one of the best moments that we've had as Dolphin fans and that's so sad to say but that was my moment on offense that was the biggest play for me and I'm excited to see what goes from here because Tua Tungvaloa honestly if he can stay healthy in that game throughout the season, he looked like one of the better quarterbacks in football. So that was my play. What are your guys' thoughts? So you can kind of understand why Trent Sherfield and Jalen Waddle were running in, into each other near the start of the play. It goes back to the idea that teams love to play zone against the Dolphins because you simply cannot keep up with that speed. You think about all the motions they do. You think about the fact that you have Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, two guys that had at least 1,400 receiving yards. And another thing that I don't think we're talking enough about is 
Miami left a lot of points in the field on the Renzo last year. The fact Jalen Waddle was able to go up and get that, that's huge. I think I saw a stat that Tua completed 50% of his uh, passes in the red zone, and I think that was actually near the top of the league. But keep in mind, the Buffalo game I was talking about, Trent Sherfield dropped a touchdown in the end zone on third down, settled for a field goal. Chase Edmonds, I think, dropped two touchdowns on the same drive. Tyree dropped a uh, touchdown in the end zone, too. So the Dolphins have this very healthy process in terms of knowing how to get guys open, and it's just kind of up to them to execute the plays. Now, I'm not sitting here and have Tyreek's uh, face on a dartboard because he dropped one ball, but it's just a little added context to the idea of that was a very tough play. Jalen Waddle went above and beyond, but I do like how this Miami Dolphins offense operates where there are going to be a lot of situations where whether Mike Kosicki has to go up 15 yards and, and catch something in the air or whatever it may be, there's going to be someone open and Tua's done a great job at recognizing where that's going to be or at least where that chance is going to be. Yeah, I like it because we get to play Baltimore again this year. And the last couple of times the Dolphins have played the Ravens, uh, We've left Ravens fans with sour taste in their mouth. So uh, maybe uh, maybe we can take a little of that 2022 magic against the Ravens and and, you know, put it into 2023 as well and and carry it to another victory for our Miami Dolphins. Just don't accidentally grab that 2019 magic. That That's like, that's like whoa, no, 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 no. It's, we owe them. We owed them a couple. So we've we put it on them the last couple seasons. So that is it. We have three offensive plays in the books. Let us know what you guys think. Is there anything we missed? I know it's hard. There's 17 games here, but it's important to keep in mind everything is kind of the same. There are a few foundations to each offense, but how do they build off them? How does it become the I know what you know, what you think you know that I know type thing? And it's been real healthy to kind of see that Miami Dolphins offense develop over the years.